0: Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, ooh, not really awake yet, are we? <laughs>
1: it's been
0: a long, long week. We've been on a journey, and um, today, we're well, well, welcome to our final morning worship service. Uh, and today, we're coming back to reality. Remember, remember the song: back to life, back to reality. reality. Back to the present time, or something like that. Anyway, I don't know. It's a long time ago, my memory fades. My memory fades. But you know, you know what I mean. So, our final—we've been on quite a journey this week. Many, many emotions, many feelings, many—much has happened, and we're coming towards the end of our little journey, getting ready to re- return home. Hopefully, with treasure to share, as all journeyers who have been called out tend to do in the end. Yeah. And called out on our bliss, so we're returning home. But so we're going to begin this morning's worship before we hear Louise's final theme talk, which have been deeply touching, I think. Is mm-hmm. um, and yeah, very well, very real. So I invite us just to um still ourselves in silence before we light our chalice flame. Let's invite a loving presence to be here amongst us and to awaken from deep deep within us all. See this precious little light burning in this cup of love such a small small light and yet it holds our attention. In this hour may our little lights be uncovered, may our spirits be enlivened, and our being may may it be inspired to shine on our fragile hearts and bring a little light to the darker places of these our shared lives. May we become the lights of the world, the ones that we've all been waiting for. May we become the lights of the world. And I have a little story. Now I made a request yesterday. You may have forgotten. Did anybody remember my request? Has, any, has anybody brought a brolly with them? Anybody brought a brolly? Barbara, we can rely on Barbara. Anybody else? And Michael, thank you, Michael, but no one else remembered. It's okay, it's early, and I'm obviously easy to be forgotten about, aren't I? Do I, do I? have to wear ridiculous shirts. Now, I, I have had many discussions over the years with colleagues about what is appropriate attire for a minister to lead worship in, and I actually think I've settled on something I feel comfortable in this morning. <laughs> but I'm not sure that the people of Urmson and Altrincham would. They used to. But, you'd, actually, you'd be surprised. But well, I brought three anyway. Um, One for me and one for, or two, sorry, for anybody who might need one. Hopefully not today when we go out, but (laughs) it doesn't look like it, does it? But I do have a a little tale to tell called The Umbrella Sanctuary by Tim Atkins. And I bet Sue probably knows Tim Atkins, don't you? I knew you would. You know everybody, don't you? So <laughs> I mention something, and Sue knows him. But, anyway. but I've been caught out in the rain many, many times in my life. Um, walking madam over here and she doesn't really like being wet, so she doesn't really like the rain. But, um, and I've not always had an umbrella with me. But, you know, we need them. And I have, so I have this story to tell you, but it's a story that I cannot tell on my own. I need help. Be careful. And I need, I need help to tell the story is what I mean. I need, and um, so there are two parts
1: <laughs>
0: You are rude, aren't you?
1: <laughs> you
0: are. There's just no need for that. I'd be mean, nice to roll you. But I do need help to tell the story. So there are two parts in this story which require that thing that some people hate: audience partic- or congregational <laughs> participation. Sorry. So there'll be points in the story where I will say the word boom, yeah? And when I say the word boom, I will ask you to say it back to me, but I'm a little bit deaf at the moment, so you're going to have to do it loud. So whenever I say the word boom, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) And there's another word. The other word is Sanctuary. So whenever I hear the, you hear me say the word Sanctuary, I want you to sing it back to me and I want you to say Sanctuary. <laughs> Is that okay? Are we, are we able to do that? So whenever I say the word Sanctuary
1: Sanctuary.
0: Gosh, gosh, that's beautiful. <laughs> obviously, obviously it helped the chanting last night, helped, didn't it? Yeah. Okay, fabulous. So we will, we will start the story then. Sorry, I, I'm here to tell a tale, Anna. <laughs> and you're here to listen to the story. We've been talking about that all week. So once upon a time, there was a little girl who got herself caught outside in a sudden rainstorm. Anybody happen to any of the little girls or boys here? Yeah, yeah. maybe? <laughs> So she ran inside the nearest shop, and as soon as she closed the door, there was a bright flash, a loud boom of thunder, followed by, (laughs) boom, boom, boom. Thank you, thank you. Now the little girl knew she would be stuck in the shop for quite a little while, so she started to look around at all the different items in the shop, and then, a bit like in Mr. Ben, the shopkeeper appeared. Showing my age there, I? <laughs> The shopkeeper, though, was the oldest woman that the little girl had ever, ever seen. Her hair was as white as snow, and her face was all wrinkly, she obviously not had Botox that week. <laughs> the girl was brave enough to admit she was a little bit scared. You would be, wouldn't you? Young woman, said the old shopkeeper, can I help you with something? And the girl, too afraid to speak, pointed outside. Ah, said the old shopkeeper. Did you run in here to escape from the rain? To find shelter from the rain? She nodded slowly and then there was another loud boom. (coughs) You woke Molly up there. (laughs) And the whole shop shook, a bit like this building just did. Girl, you can wait here for a little while if you'd like a little sanctuary. That's better, thank you. We've got a nice sturdy roof, unlike here, over our heads and it will keep you safe and dry. The little girl appreciated the offer but really she needed to get back outside and continue on her journey. The old shopkeeper could see the little girl was hesitating. Oh, she continued, you could head back outside with this with this. And from under the counter she produced one of these, what is it? An umbrella. So, if you didn't know what that was we're in real trouble aren't we? (laughs) Yes, an umbrella. Take this umbrella said the old shopkeeper. I don't know why it's raining. But I do know you can keep dry under this portable sanctuary. Sanctuary. Now you've got to use your imagination also, she didn't have a funny accent, this lady. It was written by an American, so you've got to use it, yeah, you you probably understood them better. The girl beamed, but then she stopped in her tracks. But I don't have any money, she said. The old shopkeeper just waved off, No worries, just be sure to offer the umbrella to someone else when they need it. The girl accepted the umbrella, headed back outside, opened up, I'm not going to do it, opened up the umbrella and went on her way. She was happy, she was dry. She started skipping down the street. Do you want to skip, Bob? No. <laughs> <laughs> and was perfectly happy when she saw a man wearing a suit, trying to keep dry with a newspaper on his head. And then she heard another loud boom. Boom. <laughs> And the poor newspaper started to fall apart because of the rain. So she skipped over to the man in his suit, held the umbrella up high, and and so he would stay dry. Thank you, said the man, thank you, that's very kind. Remembering the words of the old shopkeeper, the girl told the man, I don't know why it's raining, but I do know that you can keep dry with me under this portable sanctuary you The man smiled in relief. He had been having a really, really bad day. No sympathy. No. You like. You're not like the Ermston folk. You're more like the Ulgham folk. cropped <laughs> to show sympathy. You see, he was wearing a suit because he was on his way to a job interview. Caroline would know about that. She had been out, been without work for quite some time and he was getting a bit desperate by now. Desperate Dan, I think. No, it wasn't. He had to talk to, he had to walk to the interview, of course, because he couldn't even afford the bus fare. You still needed prompting though, didn't you? (laughs) When it started to rain, he cursed his luck. He was showing up to this really important job interview and he'd be soaked to the skin. Not a very good first impression, that, is it? No. Aww. Thank you. Oh, that's better. <laughs> the girl spotted her family across the street at this point. Here she said, Take this umbrella with you. I see my family over the road. I must get off. I couldn't take your umbrella, said the man feeling guilty. No, take it. Just be sure to offer the umbrella to someone when they need an umbrella. She put it in his hand. And then she ran off to meet her family. The man could not believe how nice the girl was. He knew he had to hurry though because it was almost time for his important interview. And then suddenly there was another loud boom. Boom! And then he really began to run. Well, I can tell you that the man got the job. Soon enough, he was able to afford to buy many, many, many of these umbrellas. Anybody else got an umbrella? Give me the umbrellas, thank you. Of his own. And whenever it would rain, he would not only bring his own umbrella, he'd bring two more, just in case someone would need them. But anybody else who was stuck out in the rain. And every time he gave away the umbrella he would say, can you remember now? I don't know why it's, why it's raining, raining, but I do know that you can keep dry under this portable And soon enough, everyone in that town had an umbrella that they'd take with them. And if the townspeople pass someone without an umbrella, they give up their own umbrella and pass on the words, now known by the whole of the town, I don't know why it's raining, but I do know that you can keep dry under this portable (laughs) Let's <laughs> so hope not today. So there is some moral in that story. So next time you go out and it's raining, don't take one umbrella. Take two, or if you've got them, possibly even three. Because there may be someone in need of
1: sanctuary
0: hopefully we all feel very holy now (laughs) okay at least dry anyway so the young people may want to leave to go back to their uh, skateboard track or whatever you're doing this morning (laughs) (laughs) while we sing our first hymn for today i've got to stand up i've got to stand out of the way apparently when i sing that it is a good one and it's written by um, a man who, who was a great unitarian minister for many many years who spent his last few years actually uh, at Dunham Road in Altrincham so I had the honour of being his minister and what a um, beautiful man, uh, the Reverend David Charles, Reverend Dr. David Charles Dole actually, if you ever get a chance to read any of his books there, um, they're worth a read. But um, this is a hymn he wrote, um, when the song of life is ringing, so go away maestro play away. <laughs> Invite us now to uh, join together in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Loving Spirit, that which inspires us and enlivens our hearts, that which is holy, the love that dwells within each of us and is all around us, it is the pulse of life may we recognise your presence. Awaken our ears that we may hear this day the voice of love present in each interaction. May we recognise the blessings of those we share this time and this space with. Help us to also hear the cries both loud and more subtle of those in need. May we listen with the ears of our hearts. Open our eyes to to this time and this place, to those present here today. May the eyes of our eyes be opened to the love present in one another. May we also not be blind to the suffering of those close at hand. Give us the heart to respond to one another's needs. Free our voices. May we speak the language of the heart in all our interactions this day. To speak our truth in love, but also give us the wisdom to know when to be silent. To invite others to find ways to fill the silence. Loving God fill our hearts. Be with us now as we enter a time of silence together. May we feel this love that flows through our blood. May we be still enough to hear one another's and to hear our own hearts beating. The pulse of life, in the stillness, in the silence. In the shared silence, may we find the inspiration that we need for this day. just be still and silent together now. Invite us now to return from the silence. May our eyes be open, our ears <coughs> awake, our spirits inspired, and our hearts filled with love. And may we lavish this love throughout our day. Amen. I'm looking for our reader. He's not here, is it? He? Right, okay, I, I, will, I will read. <laughs> this morning's reading. Um, a stranger soon a friend by Hadil El Shak, the 2018 winner of Breaking Into News, community organizer for Citizens UK, and uh, FGM ambassador, what does FGM
1: mean? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <No> <laughs> Right. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Right.
0: Well. Right. Okay. An ambassador. Right. Okay. <coughs> I should not ask.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. The life is full of surprises. One being that I'm reading this. Um, so when I moved away, you have to use your imaginations. Now. Again. Now. When I moved away from home in West London to university in Brighton, and I felt lonely for the first time, I gave myself permission. To cry and then to connect. Because I learned that self care doesn't just come in the form of physical well being and maintenance. Rather, it comes from creating a mindset in which we can be kind to ourselves, honest, open, vulnerable, and through that be compassionate toward others too. Understanding that we can all be lonely even when surrounded by people took me some time. At freshers, week socials, I constantly asked myself, why am I unhappy? Naturally, self-doubt can creep in when everyone and everything is telling you that these are supposed to be the best times of your life. Initially, as a self-defense mechanism, I shut myself out from the world I'd entered as I knew I was different to the majority. I was so aware of myself and the lack of similarities I shared with people around me that I felt it would be easier to be on my own. But I soon realised I was focusing on differences rather than similarities, and this was leading me to further isolation. I needed a sense of belonging and reassurance that I can have a space in a new, hectic environment. So while I always knew that differences shouldn't be dismissed, that they should be celebrated, I learned that I should also seek community rather than comparison in my new world. I joined societies with like-minded people and people from similar areas to mine in London and with people with different backgrounds and life stories too. I went to the prayer room in, in between lectures and received salams. Finding that community is what cured my homesickness. It gave me hope that I could find a place here. And it gave me an opportunity to learn about other people and vice versa. Vulnerability is something I've come to respect and admire in people. It takes a lot for someone to pluck up the courage to have that first conversation. The first person I spoke to at university who wasn't a housemate of mine was a girl on the bus. She overheard a conversation I was having about a freshers' event and asked if she could come. The nerves she tried to hide as she stumbled over her words made me instantly appreciate her genuine nature and the bravery she showed simply to start a conversation. We're close friends now and we're going to share a flat next year. Mm. Too often though, those little interactions can go unnoticed. A good morning from a stranger can seem so foreign that someone from West London to someone from West London, but on campus where the nearest town is three miles away, you appreciate the little gestures. To maximise the meaning of those little gestures, we need to change the way vulnerability is spoken about. We need to put ourselves out there, to go out of our way, to say a simple hello abandoning the fear of, direct, of rejection and what ifs, because it can be mean the world to someone who is constantly doubting whether they belong. It's those little things that have added to my university experiences so far. What I will remember are the small but significant moments of catching someone from class on the campus shop and sharing snacks or simply meeting someone's eye, smiling at a stranger. Though we might not always admit it, those moments require bravery. But Before long, once we are open with one another, our stories and ourselves, it becomes part of our nature to willingly open up a conversation with a stranger, soon to be a friend, and to feel strength and resilience in the power of the collective, of connection and of community. Mm. Yes, it comes in the little things, thus saith the Lord. (laughs) It comes in the little things, lovely. That's lovely actually. Okay, our second hymn for today is number 141. 141, She Comes With Mother's Kindnesses, (coughs) 141. Louise for to share our final uh, words for this week.
2: Thank you very much for Danny and thank you Danny for making such a great job of the reading which he was expecting someone else to do so thank you. Beautiful reading. So today is the last day of summer school. You may be ready to go home or you may be wishing that summer school went on for another few days, just another few days. All feelings about this are valid. However you feel is okay. Let's just sit for a minute to think about leaving here tomorrow and all that means for you. We hold everybody's thoughts together. I hope that the talks up to today have helped you to think in new ways or reminded you of what may have slipped to the back of your mind. I feel like I'm not really telling you anything new. As I wrote these talks, I was struck by how much we need each other, even though sometimes we tell ourselves Sometimes I tell myself that I will be fine on my own. My thoughts go to those who are alone, really alone, and those who feel alone, because for whatever reason, having an I-Thou encounter with the people around them is not possible. My thoughts go to those who feel they have to make their true selves invisible. And those who are housebound and therefore invisible to the outside world or too busy with a night cleaning job and as well as other jobs or caring responsibilities around the clock to get that time that space to speak and be heard if you will remember on Sunday I gave us a challenge to live in community according to those principles of listening and hearing and being authentic with each other. How do we think we've done? (laughs) I don't want to be smug, but I think we've done pretty well. we may have also discovered that it's not always easy to be in an either relationship or in, or in that space, either in ourselves or with another per- person where we can share. But I think summer school has given us, a, I would say, unique opportunity to do that experiment. And I think we've done pretty well. Congratulations, everybody. Um, I I now feel like I'm a teacher giving you a mark for the week, which which was not really my intention. But from my own experience this week, I have felt very heard. I have felt as though being myself was okay. I have felt able to share things with people and I hope that people have shared things with me. I have valued all the conversations I have had with everybody. And we have laughed, (laughs) we have laughed a lot, which is so important. But now I want to think how it will be in the real world, not because this is not the real world, but I feel there are other challenges when we get out there, obviously. Not having a soundproof study and a maid service, (laughs) I was writing these talks while living in the real world. I therefore observed over the space of a few days my I-Thou encounters, planned, serendipitous, individual and group, and also the mode of communication they've used. Can I give you some examples from the week of writing as illustration? Thank you. So, my first. Thank you. No, no, no. Audience participation is always good. I love it. So, the first one was serendipitous. Preoccupied about an issue with one of my foster kids. I shared it with the owner of the halal shop, who I mentioned yesterday, who I now see is a real. He's a real mensch. He's a real. He is a good person. He must have listened to thousands of conversations every day, and yet he really listened to what I said and responded in a super supportive, appropriate way. My second one was planned. I met up with a friend and an old work colleague and shared, possibly overshared, about the same issues. And she is a person who I've known for some time. She has so much life experience and also foster experience and knowledge, and she knows the person I'm talking about. So it was just lovely to have her hear, understand and empathize and share her own experiences. The third one was unexpected via WhatsApp. I got in touch with a friend whose PhD viva just happened to check how it went and hopefully congratulate her. Sadly, it had not gone well and she was feeling absolutely destroyed by the verdict of the examiners, which was totally out of the blue. She was not expecting it. Her supervisors had not raised any issues. So she shared how she felt and the exchange was real and heartfelt and all over text. And then my final example was the summer school planning meeting panel meeting and in that all meetings start with a check-in just like an engagement group and it's just a really lovely moment to spend time together sharing what's going on with us and reminding each other that we're human beings not machines to go through checklists. That's a lot of checklists! (laughs) I consider myself extremely lucky and privileged to have all these wonderful connections And it's also interesting to notice that of these four examples, only two were face-to-face, in-person. One was solely via text and emojis. I love emojis, oh my God, they're brilliant. (laughs) Perhaps you'd like to take a minute or two to think about the connections or I-Thou moments you've had, either here at summer school or at home or whichever you prefer. Hope those memories will stay with you for a long time and they may be something nice to go back to in difficult times as well. On Wednesday we heard part of Ben Ocri's poem Grenfell June 2017. <clears> Later in the same poem he writes of what he saw when he went to the area of after the fire. It's a short extract, not about the fire itself. He writes, you will see the trees with their leaves green and clean and will inhale the incense meant to cleanse the air of unhappiness. You will see banks of flowers and white paper walls sobbing with words and candles burning for the blessing of the dead. You will see the true meaning of community, food shared and stories told and volunteers everywhere. You will breathe the air of incinerators mixed with the essence of flour. If you want to see how the poor die, come see Grenfell Tower. I found this part of the poem strangely, even more unbearably moving than the rest. I think it's because the coming together of community touches me. It feels like another glimpse of the divine, all the best instincts and qualities of humankind contained in this coming together, this enormous hug in action Sharing stories is part of the healing, part of the cementing of community, which is our strength. Because our nature is not to exist completely alone. We need each other. I feel like maybe I should get that tattooed on, my, mm-hmm. on the back of my hand or something. We need each other. If we can share the story of our true experiences with someone, we are seen, we are known, we are able to touch the divine. And if we go back to the liberation psychology that I spoke about on Tuesday, the proponents of this approach have found that the sharing of stories, then the strengthening of communities, who go on to take action to improve their lives not only brings people together and makes social change but improves the well being of individuals. When sitting in the room with a therapist or a counsellor maybe is not the way to go, not to do down therapists or counsellors at all. It's that community. As we find our community, we name that which is oppressing us. We feel empowered to work with other people to affect change. We change the story of our own lives from a despairing one to one where we are a valued member of the community and we regain some control. We feel capable again. And we laugh together. We have fun. Never underestimate that. From from social housing residents in Ireland to HIV-positive women in London and imprisoned young people, projects inspired by the principles of liberation psychology have enabled people to change their lives. There are just so many uplifting examples, not necessarily explicitly linked to liberation psychology. We know from our own experience that this works. And we are all, I'm sure, contributing to our own little communities, friend groups, congregations, walking groups, pottery classes in my case. But of course, the question that we should always be asking is, are we including everyone? Who is not here and why? Many of you will have, as I did, excitedly returned to in-person activities after lockdowns. But will this have meant that those people who could only join online are excluded? And as everyday transactions have moved online or been automated, those opportunities for serendipitous connection that went alongside the transactions have disappeared. If you work online, you will probably be missing the social aspects of the office. I used to work in a university office and the job was fine, but what was really great was being in the team, seeing these people every day I was working. Those interactions and friendships were very precious to me. Even longer ago, when no one had a mobile phone and rented houses often had phones that, would not, that wouldn't take outgoing calls, they only took incoming calls, I made friends with a woman waiting for the payphone. <laughs> Now I, and I'm sure many people, use my mobile like a shield and a comforter. Looking into it and not outwards makes me feel safe. And again, I am protected from the unpredictability of interacting with strangers. As Iona Lawrence, formerly of the Joe Cock Foundation claims, Humans are social beings, so loneliness is a challenge as old as humanity itself. But globalisation, gentrification, digitization, and automation are playing havoc on the way that we connect at home, at work and during leisure time. We share fewer family meals, increasingly connect online instead of face to face, increasingly work outside of traditional team environments increasingly shop online are less faithful and religious and less likely to belong to a trade or any other kind of union as those natural opportunities for connection and interaction are reducing the challenge is to create new opportunities diverse opportunities which are intentional and inclusive some can only connect online some cannot some thrive in noisy busy places some need quiet. There are so many beautiful examples of people connecting and reaching out and making community in all sorts of quite unlikely places. I read in the paper recently about the fans of Tori Amos, a singer, American I think, who over many years have created a loving, supporting, supportive community. There's a gym in Manchester which values and nurtures those who struggle to fit into regular gyms, older members and those with disabilities. And the online Twitch community which has evolved from a laddish young white male only environment Mm -hmm. to a group of LGBT plus disability and neurodivergent friendly welcoming places, spaces for gamers. The idea with Twitch is that you, transmit footage of yourself playing a game, but then it becomes social and you're, you're chatting as well. For some, sharing even a tiny piece of their true experiences from the past is just too painful. So a focus on speaking about anything that's going on right now, provided the tr- traumatic events are not ongoing, is a lovely way to share time together. And if you do need to address those events, a foster carer I know had a child who had been through unimaginable trauma about which it was impossible to speak. She and her therapist related wholly in the world of Harry Potter. Speaking about likes and dislikes, food, films, books, art, is also authentic sharing. Our life experiences cover all of these and more, and in our creativity, we put ourselves out there. We may choose to express ourselves through a song, or, perfa- or perhaps fabric work, as Tracy Emin did. Of course, word-based art, such as a song or Tracy Emin's "Everyone I Have Ever Slept With," the embroidered tent, is an obvious sharing. But music, pottery, and all creative arts are a way to share who we are. The arts connects us back to ourselves as we try to find our authentic voice. And activities that are not specifically intended for sharing can be amazing opportunities to have important conversations. Sharing the experience of working or walking alongside someone often opens the possibility for a kind of relaxed openness. Parents of teenagers know this. I know parents who have the best conversations with their kids over the washing up and I personally have found that table tennis, obviously I'm very privileged to have space in my garden for a table, um, table tennis can lead to much more conversation about what's going on at school than just asking how's school with the very wide range of responses rubbish, not bad, fine and good. To be fair, I feel like having four possibilities is actually really good. I know people, I know people where it's just fine every day. Some of you who have had some, yes, but with table tennis going on, a conversation can be much more expansive and free-ranging. For older kids, driving practice is also a marvellous opportunity after you've got past the beginner stage when pretty much all you're talking about is a clutch brakes gear and so on we can learn from the big events the big injustices and of course many of us are involved in some small way or large way with campaigning and trying to move these issues forward be it in the air of in the areas of climate change racism housing refugees poverty to name just a few I've spoken about the tragedy of Grenfell Tower and the offshore detention of asylum seekers. Nearer to home, perhaps in this room, in our congregations and certainly in the area we live, are those who are lonely, those who struggle to get out to events for whatever reason. Perhaps we ourselves are feeling that an aspect of our life is invisible to others and we need, for whatever reasons, to keep it that way. I have talked a lot about refugees because that is my specialist subject, but I really want to emphasise to everybody that just to go where your heart takes you. There are so many good causes, so many things to be involved with, local food banks, those who support older people who are lonely, children, teenagers, those with mental health issues, all sorts of things. Whatever, whatever you feel could be your thing, that is worth doing. It is there are so many people doing great work. Don't feel you have to do anything with refugees. It's it's whatever whatever touches you and um Yes, whatever you can really feel fired up about. From authentic relationships comes true community, which feels like home to us. As Maya Angelou says, the ache for home lives in all of us. The safe place where we can go as we are and not be questioned. And, in community, I truly believe that we can change the world. As Audre Lorde writes, without community, there is no liberation. And so, as we come to the close of summer school and prepare to return to our own unique worlds, I have a wish for all of us. May we have the strength to tell our authentic stories. May we have the space in our lives to create a space for others. May we be the creators of the divine in our relationships. May we be the creators of inclusive communities and may we realise the power we have to change the world. Because, as Helen Keller says, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. And as always, I invite you now to spend some time in prayerful reflection on what today's discussion of the reality of telling the stories of our real lives may have brought up for you. If you wish, please write something, but there is absolutely no obligation. If you would just sit, like to sit and reflect, that's also fine. And as always, if we get a lot of contributions, we may not be able to include all of them in the prayer, but they will be read and typed up and put up so we can keep everything you write in our hearts. Um.
0: Thank you and um, thank you also to our friends online who no doubt will be offering their own prayers and are certainly with us in heart and spirit. I'm just randomly placing the prayers. Let's see what catches my eyes. What be a moment. more invite us to join together in prayer with these words of the divine that have spoken through each of us may we find our true path in life may we reach out our hands and our hearts together we we can weave the contrasting strands of our lives into a long, into a loving whole. Wherever broken, no matter how broken or frayed these strands are, we can weave them into a loving whole. now we find our true path in life. Thank you for seeing me. And calling out my name. May we craft safe spaces for the sharing of stories so that we are all able to experience the strength in vulnerability shared in loving community. You are therefore I am Satish Kumar. And for those whose realities are still painful and hidden, May they find space and peace. The chance to have my authentic self validated by myself and others. I pray for everyone to have a safe place. The chance to have my authentic self validated. So go well, summer school. Class twenty twenty three <laughs> till we meet again. Don't know where, don't know when. <laughs> well actually here, probably next year. <laughs> Thank you for sharing all your prayers of your hearts and your souls. Thank you for sharing with us our friends online. Thank you one and all. Amen. Amen. So we're going to um sing our final hymn for these worship services. And this hymn is, is maybe my favorite in this book, actually. Uh, it's, it's certainly my favorite to end this service with. And it's interesting, actually. I like to end it, I like to end with this one because it was written before I ever sang any hymn in any, well, it was written by a man I met before I sang any hymn. The first Unitarian I knowingly met as I crossed the threshold of Cross Street Chapel early in probably January 2005, mm-hmm. on a Wednesday lunchtime, mm-hmm. lost and confused, looking for Sanctuary. Don't, don't sing so. <laughs> 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 it. It wasn't, ra- it was probably raining but there was no fun <laughs> You can if you like. Mm-hmm. And um, he shook my hand and he didn't give me a purple book because they weren't out then. Was <laughs> probably a green one, it may have been a red one, I don't know. I wouldn't have known. And um, Mr. Peter Samson went, to me, embodies, and is a lifetime Unitarian, from, you know, from Cradle and hopefully not hopefully a bit further down the road, Grave. But he embodies everything, actually, I think we've talked about this week. Jesus himself, but he's the kind of man, I have some powerful memories with that man. He's be, he was there in some very hard, confusing, dark days. He was just himself and he always allowed me to be myself. So, and he writes really good hymns. I love to sing, he picks a good tune, but he picks great words too. so this is um, and i always think judy garland always comes to my mind when i think <laughs> so just imagine you're marching down the street singing this hymn uh, if she was if you'd been alive when peter wrote it um so we're going to sing this final hymn i will then offer some final words of blessing to end the worship but before we have the closing music michael has some notices so i will invite michael once i've shared a final words of blessing with you all But before that, let's sing, sing for joy. I'll stand over here. (laughs) Imagine Judy, couldn't you? (laughs) So as our worship comes to a close, let us still ourselves once more, and I will offer with you some final words of blessing. But remember, we can all bless, and we need to bless more. The world needs more blessing. We bless, we bless when we give ourselves wholeheartedly to life. And we open ourselves and offer sanctuary. So, may we know that we belong, that wherever we find ourselves in this world, that we belong as we are, exactly as we are in this moment, May we extend that sense of belonging to all that we meet to invite them to come as they are exactly as they are in whatever time and place that they may find themselves. So may we carry this vision with us a loving welcome. May we carry this vision of love the love of one another the love of life the love of God and may we do so in all that we feel, in all that we think, in all that we say, and in all that we do. Amen. Amen. Michael.
3: Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Louise. Thank you for choosing that wonderful (laughs) hymn. I too know Peter Sampson, Um, and I was thinking of him fondly as I sang that hymn. So we come to offer our thanks and praise. The time has come for thank yous, which I have the honour of (coughs) offering. And there are many, there are many thank yous to give to many, all the volunteers who make Summer School 2023 happen. Louise, thank you for taking us on a journey through six theme talks. You remind us just earlier that You'd offered the equivalent of a master's dissertation in terms of numbers of lengths of words, 2,000 words, and I think that that is such an incredible achievement. So I want to. <laughs> you're a superstar and I'm in awe of the depth and the range of musical notes that you have created and the love that you have put into the menu of talks that you have created for us. Heartfelt heartfelt thanks to you for the theme talk. And also a heartfelt thank to your superstar partners this year who have been weaving worship around the days theme talks Stephanie, Shana, Laura, Kate and Danny. Let's <laughs> give them a And I pay tribute to our next category of superstars who have planned, replanned, and held the engagement groups, guiding us on our journeys to discover the twists and the turns of real life and authenticity. Again, lots of planning, 12 hours of work, Satisfying work, but work nevertheless. Before we arrived, even before we arrived, there were hours of planning for each session. So Danny and Laura. Kate and Eleanor. Sarah and Charlotte. (laughs) Jane and Lizzie. (laughs) And although they're not in this room, they're with the children, Claire and Caroline. It's been clear to me that they have made summer school a fun and thoughtful time for the children. So I want to say thank you from all of us to both of of them. And on behalf of the children, I want to thank them. And also thanks particularly from their parents. <laughs> thank you really to everyone who has made this summer school a wonderful experience and thank you everyone in the online engagement group for bringing yourselves into the heart of summer school here in the Nightingale Centre, albeit with um, challenges of internet connections. The creators and leaders of our evening epilogues, Shana, Christine, Natalie, Angela, Helen and Nick. And Nick, thank you for the music. We've had afternoon and evening activities our optional time. We've had craft, walks, singing, cinema. Cinema with popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting with the realities of ageing. Thank you, especially those we know who you are for offering optional activities alongside your theme talks, your engagement groups, your epilogues. Thanks to Chris for stepping in to host the favorite poem space (laughs) at short notice. To Alison for being our bar manager, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) To Sue for organizing the silent auction. To the lighters of the lanterns, thank you. To the givers out of hymn books, thank you. To the chair arrangers, thank you. There are many other tasks that go into making these things run smoothly for summer school. And I say thank you to all of you for taking on those tasks and for the random acts of kindness that make this summer school space the special place that it is. Yesterday, several people mentioned that, to me that summer school was magic. It is magical, and what at its best living unitarian, unitarianly <laughs> means to me, at least. And I wish I could bottle the feeling and and the release that it gives into communities back home as we wend our way back to reality. And it's all achieved, it's all achieved with volunteers who don't get paid. At the lower end of the costings I was working out with my calculator this morning, if we were paying for theme talk speakers and engagement group leaders, we're probably talking about (laughs) (laughs) £10,000. And that's without the hours of time put in by the panel and the professional services of our wonderful musician over there. (laughs) So I want to say a public thank you to my fellow panel members, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to Rita, Louise, Nicola and Jane. Jane and Nicola, to borrow a phrase from Craig Rebel-Horwood, I'm a fan (laughs) of Strictly Come Dancing. You have been amazing, Amazing. darling! (laughs) (laughs) Kenneth Williams would have probably said of your achievements, (laughs) FANTABULOUSA! And Bruno, returning to Strictly, might have said HEAVENLY HARMONY! (laughs) (laughs) I've had a week of doing important work as Minister for the week. I felt looked after, held, and privileged. Thank you to the engagement group leaders who have been there for me, and to my fellow panel members too. I've learned a lot about what being a minister is this week. So to those of you who have sought me out, thank you for the privilege. Thanks to all of you, and particularly to Molly, where is Molly? <laughs> <laughs> well, while we've been enjoying ourselves, of course, the staff at the centre have been working particularly hard under challenging conditions without having a manager. And so, in our usual fashion, Um, at summer school. We're going to be passing a bowl round discreetly at meal times to um, raise some funds to give them.
2: It's an envelope,
3: actually. It's an envelope. (laughs) It's an envelope. And and, and Louise will have it.
2: I wanted to just put in an extra thank you to Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. a few more things to say, but I know you're looking at the watch. Yes, I am looking at the watch because
3: we need our coffee. So <laughs> nearly at the end, <laughs> and I just want to end by doing a plug for summer school. If summer school means something to you, we need to spread the word, to tell people about it, and to help us to make the case for the benefits that it brings to the denomination. Indeed to make the case for its continued existence. It's not easy to convey to people who haven't been to summer school the depth of what we're doing here. So if you can, please tell people what it is like, what we have been doing here. You know that it's not just a jolly, or even just a kids event, it's real, soul work. It's endeavouring to live unitarianly at its best. It's needed to heal hearts and souls and to echo Louise and Danny. Without community there is no liberation. So thank you for listening and I won't detain you from your coffee a moment longer. <laughs>